0: This show is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to PlanetsidePodcasts.com.
1: Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the podcast where we discuss topics we believe requires critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast or go to saythiscast.com to hear previous episodes.
0: Hey, Party Podcast people. I have a not-so-fun topic for you today. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm joined here today, as usual, by my co-host, Jonra.
1: Hey.
0: Yeah. Um. Today, we're going to talk about one Kyle Rittenhouse, and hopefully not that much about him, but also about yeah. some of the... Uh, thoughts that i've had coming out of this whole entire situation okay so first i i want to start with my conclusion my thoughts about the trial my thoughts about the situation at large so i think that this entire thing was a fucking tragedy a perfect storm of different elements that led to a super shitty situation where the law's limitations to enact justice or deter bad behavior is really apparent to me this being said i do not think that kyle rittenhouse was guilty of the charges that were filed against him was he guilty morally is another situation Mm -hmm. i don't think that he should have showed up in kenosha In the way that he did. Mm -hmm. I definitely sure as shit don't think his mother should have encouraged him to do this. I Mm -hmm. wonder where his father was during this. Uh, Every adult in this situation really fucking failed. In addition to this child. Yeah. (laughs) Kyle Rittenhouse was uh, 17 at the time, which isn't a young child, but is still a minor. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that's something that we should keep in mind when discussing this. Not that I don't think he's a shithead or that I think that he's a spectacular human being, but the fact that he was not of age when this occurred and that he couldn't have hit the streets, let alone have access to a gun, let alone shoot somebody without the implicit or explicit endorsement of the adults around him. Yeah, I think that those people should be charged with negligence, or s- there should be some sort of. I'm I'm not practiced in the law, but I think that at least somebody in this constellation of adults that put this situation into motion, somebody should be held accountable for something.
1: I can't tell There's you a, what though. There are of like from what I understand about the situation leading up to what he was tried to like him having the gun, him crossing state lines, his mother, like driving him there, him, him being out in the streets or whatever. There are a few different instances where he could at least get like, or, or someone could get fined where someone could get charged with a misdemeanor or something like that. There are, there are things that should not have happened and there are things that, and so, yeah, there should be some sort of consequences for someone. Like it's, but the fact is that there, the, the way that the trial went was not ideal. But according to the law of the state, you know, the, the jury wasn't completely off.
0: For, yeah. Um, to me, I, I would go a step further than that. I think that the trial was actually fairly standard and mm. that the verdict was fairly standard. It's not better for the world, but it is our legal system working. I I want people to let go of the idea that this was rigged, because this is one of the few situations, or maybe <sighs> yeah. the majority of situations, where it was not rigged. This is as the law is written in Kenosha and broadly in most places in the United States. And yeah. even though it's disappointing because the world is more dangerous, I also think that we should meditate on how the law would need to change. In order for Kyle Rittenhouse to be guilty of something. Because I think that that is the more interesting question here. Mm -hmm. And I think that people were very emotional when when the verdict came out. And they said a bunch of stuff. And I tried not to contribute online or say much because talking to people when they're fucking upset is not a useful thing to do with your time. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to give it some time and I have a platform, it's a small one, but I want to tell my thoughts. So let's discuss the stuff that led to the situation that Kyle Rittenhouse was in and kind of like the charges as followed. So Uh I think that predominantly this trial was mediating the idea of self-defense principally and also the idea of vigilanteism. So I want to talk about those two concepts. First, we'll start with self-defense. So I've had a lot of really interesting conversations with people where they say that there's never a situation where somebody is threatening an object or something that you should be allowed by the law to kill them intentionally or not intentionally in order to protect that.
1: And I
0: think that that is insane.
1: (laughs) That's no... Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) That's not correct at all.
0: Um for yeah. (laughs) I think that there are some things like objects in life that hold a connotation or importance that is so important to the person's life that you would reduce their quality of life to the point where they should be able to aggressively defend those objects, not with the intention of killing another person, but being able to defend it with the knowledge that if something were to happen, if the worst were to happen, and they had to take somebody else's life, that they would not be put in prison for it. Yeah. Yeah. One example that just popped into my mind, which is maybe better than the other examples that I've come up before, is if you are a disabled person and somebody is trying to steal your assistive technology, Mm -hmm. would that, to me, I think that if you were to steal a person with a wheelchair's wheelchair and they had a gun, they should be able to shoot your ass because the act of stealing their wheelchair isn't just taking an object which is expensive and hard to repair and oftentimes custom-made for them, it's also stealing their mobility. It's like cutting off
1: someone's legs.
0: Yeah. It's stealing their ability to go outside, their sense of autonomy, their independence. These are all things that I think are so important to a human being that they should be able to take any measure um necessary in order to protect that thing also if you wanted to attack my home uh i would defend it if you if you were holding a match and there was like a an oil slick leading up to my house i'd probably defend it um because that's my place to lay my head mm-hmm. that is my childhood home it is my future home uh all of my things are in here and that includes Yes, the monetary value of the things, but also my priceless data, my work-related stuff, things that are fucking irreplaceable, as well as the means for me to support myself in the future. If you do that, we're going to have to throw hands. And if something bad happens, I think that I'm within my rights to do that.
1: I was just thinking uh, about my friend. Um, I won't say her name, but... uh... She has been going through some really, really tough times. I lost her, her home, like her, she and her mother are disabled in, in a couple ways. And, uh, she, you know, has been asking friends for help, like monetary help and everything. And like, sometimes they're able to get like a cheap hotel or motel or something like that. But there have been times when they were sleeping in their car. Mm Mm-hmm. What happens, and you know, some people would say, like, if someone's carjacking you or something, and it's and you have a gun, like, just let them take the car. It's just a thing. This is the only way that uh, she can get to her appointments. This is the only way that she can get her mom, who has diabetes, to her appointments. This is the only way that they can get medical help. It's the only way that they, they can like survive. So, it's their if home. It's their home. Exactly. It's not just a car. So if you, if if someone like comes up on them and says, give me your car, then I would be completely okay with just beating the crap out of that person. And if they, if they die, then, Oh, oops. You know, like it, I wouldn't expect her to like kill the person, but still like, this is the way that they can live. And yeah. if, if it's, If it comes down to it, then that's that's what happens. You know, like if someone comes, if someone like broke into my house and stole both of my computers, like my backups, my my main box and just absconded with everything. These are very expensive pieces of equipment. And I saved up a lot for for them because I'm just stuck in here. So then what do I do? All of my data is gone. All of my podcasting stuff is gone. Everything's gone. That would be completely devastating mentally to me. So if so, if I had a gun, then, and it like, I was threatening them and it went off or something like that. I don't know. I would be devastated personally, but this is important to my life, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's important to say. uh, Examples. Yeah those are important examples because it also made me remember i don't want to say that i think that in any situation you should be able to literally kill somebody in order to protect your things like it shouldn't be your intention however i think that people underestimate the amount of shit that can go wrong in a situation where you're fighting with everything you have adrenaline's running and you're like Fighting for what feels to you in that moment like your life. Mm-hmm. I think that freak accidents occur. People can get hurt. They can fall. They can hit their heads. And the idea that we would hold anybody accountable for when they're fighting aggressively for the act of killing somebody, even if it wasn't their intention, also really bothers me.
1: Yeah, you're fighting. You someone like trips and you push them down the stairs and they die. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to, like. You're defending yourself, you're defending your home, or you're defending something that's, that is so important to you. The, you can't also expect someone to, to be in the back of their head saying, Oh, I can't kill this person or else I'll go to jail. And I think, you know?
0: yeah. And I think that this extends to businesses to a certain extent. Mm. I know that a lot of people like to meme on the idea that businesses are insured. Um, So if you burn one down, they can just claim the insurance and rebuild or whatever or take their money and run. However, um, if I own a small business and this supports my family and this supports the families of my employees and it's being threatened to be burned down, um, I think that I would be within my rights to defend my business. And this is just something that I feel very strongly because even if it's insured, there's really zero reason for you to be sure that insurance would pay for 100% of the damage. Also, you cannot pay to keep the people that you had in your uh, employed infinitely while you get rebuilt. And also, there's zero promise that the level of business or success that you had will continue once you reopen, shit changes, the market changes, your yeah. being out of the game for a while could put you at a massive disadvantage. So I'm also not particularly swayed by the people who say that there's no reason why somebody would want to protect a, com- a um not a company, well, also a company, but their, but their physical brick and mortar fucking business. I think that that is really, really unwise. The other thing that I will say about this situation is that I think that most people, when we discuss this, are talking about people who could afford to replace fucking whatever. But as you go down in socioeconomic class, these issues come into even starker focus. Um, Your friend, who I think is also my friend, um, cannot fucking afford to buy a new car. They can't afford shit. So the idea that they could just buy a new one five head like no they can no no they can't they're they're dead broke and people who are broke the things that they do possess are even more important because they a probably can't afford to replace them and b even if they could the things that they do have are likely to play a bigger role in their lives a car is is less valuable to a billionaire than it is to somebody who needs it to take them to fucking work every day lest they lose their job yeah same thing with the disabled person so self defense for me is one of the most important things to preserve for the for the ability of marginalized communities to protect the things that they care about. The other element is this of this is that community defense kind of requires the element of self-defense. If your community is under attack, you should be able to defend your community. Now, there may be certain perversions that came up in this case for Kyle Rittenhouse, but there's nothing yeah. that you could put into law that would have made what he did illegal. That would not make the Black Panthers illegal as well. So that's some food for thought. I I know that we have to take some bullshit, but I don't think that taking one child down is worth the growing like um, up and like it,
1: everybody else's life. Exactly is yeah. is
0: worth that.
1: <laughs> one thing that um that I was thinking and I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, with this, with this case and, uh, with, with the reaction and everything like that. There's, uh, an account on, on Twitter, uh, Popat. I don't know if you you follow Popat. He's a mm-hmm. lawyer. Uh, he comments on, on, um, on like, uh, like famous cases and stuff. He's like a practicing lawyer. Really cool dude. And one thing that he said was people complain a lot about the carceral state. They complain like they not even complain. They protest. We, we, we worry about the carceral state. And then something happens, and everybody's crying for blood. Like, what do you think happens? Like, if you if you really care about keeping people like out of like unjustly out of jail, then you have to think about like how you react to a situation like this or or something where clearly like he was he he wasn't convicted. He was like he was under self defense. So if you change that, if you're like, no, screw this guy, and you make sure that he gets like a long prison sentence or something because you're mad. That means the next person is going, like you said, it's gonna screw up. So we all need to keep that in mind when we're talking about uh law, the law and how how things should be changed, how things could be improved, because if you don't think about every situation you can, then it's the law. It's hard to change and it it is a blanket rule.
0: Yeah, don't so, solve a problem and create 10 other problems. Exactly. Um, the law now- is a
1: blanket rule like it has exceptions, but it affects everybody, not just white supremacists, not just whoever. It affects everybody and it can be used as a weapon. So if a white supremacist like becomes a uh, an attorney like a like a district attorney or something, then they can use like a law that was rewritten to attack someone else. To attack people that we that we that can't handle it. So. I mean,
0: you look no further. That's the entire carceral status that exists right now. I yeah. think that the fight here would be for other people who are using self defense, practicing self defense, to be treated with the same consideration that Kyle Rittenhouse was considering that he was a dumbass for being there. <laughs> that's, actually a, that's actually another piece of information that I would like to deliver. Right. Just because he was a dumb fuck for being there does not mean that he did not have the right legally to practice self-defense. I know that yes. we all have really strong feelings about that. But let's say that I was fucking some guy's wife. And I knew that he had guns, and I knew that he was physically abusive, and I was still fucking his wife. And he walks into the room, and he sees me fucking his wife. Statistically speaking, he would just kill her. But let's imagine that he tries to come at me. Right. And I defend myself, and we're scrapping, and I push him down the stairs, and he cracks his necks, and he dies. Did I have the right to defend myself just because I was a dumb fuck for being there? Probably. I mean— from my perspective, absolutely. If we disagree on that, we'll have to have a longer discussion about that because I think that you're off your rocker. But, <laughs> but generally speaking, I think that this is incredibly defensible.
1: One thing, another thing to, to remember is that when we're talking about self-defense, we, we are talking about the situation that you are found, you have been found in at the time. The stuff that leads up to it, like you said, like you're fucking someone else's wife, and then they come in and you push them down the stairs because they're going to attack her or you get they're gonna attack you. Should you have been there? That's a discussion. Yes. Should Kyle have been there with the weaponry that he had and the intent that he had, that's a discussion. That is definitely a good discussion to have. But we when you're talking about self-defense, you are talking about someone you you feel in danger you think you're in danger you're defending yourself and someone might get killed that's it that's all that is like leading up to it depending on the law that might have an effect on it but if you are found not guilty because of self-defense it's because in that situation in that specific time when the uh incident happened And only that incident, that is what the law considers.
0: I think that your intent does factor into it. Like if you intended to kill somebody.
1: Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like he, like the intention, like his, his intention was to go protect a car lot or something.
0: So for me, I think that people have, have very strong feelings about his intent. And so do Mm -hmm. I, I think that he was a shithead and that he was there to start trouble. I really do. However. I don't think that there's any evidence that you could produce to, to prove that that was his intention. And even though intent seems to never fucking matter when it comes to people of color, I think <laughs> that it's important that we don't devolve into accepting a legal system that operates off of vibes. If I get a vibe that the guy was there to stop trouble, to start trouble because of my life experience, that is not the same thing as knowing that he was there to start yeah. trouble. So I think that people who wanted this to be vibes based or based on the idea that white supremacists might go out with guns with the intention of killing people and agitating situations to get into self defense situations where they could attack, the law actually. Um, does protect against those types of situations. Mm-hmm. If you're going and looking for like, let's so say I um hate this guy and I want to kill him, and I have told like the honest to god truth, like I will turn to the camera and I say I am going to murder this person. I'm going to do it, and I and I want to do this. And then I go and I find his wife and I fuck him like at his place of work, and he comes out and tries to whip my <laughs> ass. And then, and then I and then I just go like, <laughs> and then I just go like, oh. You, you've activated my trout gun and I'd take a shotgun and I shoot, <laughs> blow his brain out like that would not be self-defense no or the record. That would
1: no I'm what my, my when I said like the his intent like from from what he said his intent was to go there and protect like this business he wasn't intending to go there to kill people or to start trouble he was just there to protect like that would that is what we can prove and the like the, the situation that he found himself in was like, he might've <laughs> there. Okay. So there's another, there's a YouTuber called legal Eagle. And I watched his, like, it was like a 25 minute video. He's another lawyer that, that um goes to explain like different aspects of the law and things like that. Good, good dude. I will link both of these people in the, uh, uh, in the show notes and on the, uh, on the website and everything. So he said, even though like that this is a muddled case and but he was found to have to, to act in self defense he brought a match to a gasoline party that that phrase like has stuck with me too he brought a match to a gasoline party but was he going there to set fires or or not like that when he, in the situation and leading up to the situation there is nothing that says he was going there to kill people but in the situation that he found himself in there were like people had heard shots being fired like in a, in another place there was a guy with a gun and he's he's a 17 year old kid he's a dipshit that's there and he thought he was uh he was getting attacked like there's there's a lot going on like I'm really really simplifying it and but there's a lot going on leading up to that but because of the situation because of how it how it played out He wasn't there to kill people as far as we can tell. He was there to protect the car lot. So that means we can't just throw a made up book at him and send him off because that's not how the law works. And it shouldn't work that like that. Like you said, it shouldn't work on vibes. It shouldn't work on like I have a feeling because that's how people get sent to jail. Innocent people get sent to jail. Mm
0: hmm. I think that that's good enough for the concept of uh, self-defense. I think that we've explored it sufficiently. I think I have more mm. to say, but I'm I'm good leaving it. So let's talk about vigilanteism. Hey. So in the moment that he was being chased by a guy with, like, a skateboard and I think another guy with a gun, um, yeah. and somebody had told him to, from his story, and it feels like this has been corroborated. I haven't paid attention to every, like, beat in the court but it seems like one of the people who was shot was threatening him earlier in the night Mm -hmm. and that all led to the self-defense situation however his uh desire that led him to kenosha the desire to protect things in a extrajudicial sort of way to do it kind of as a vigilante
1: extrajudicial means that he is not working he's not authorized to uh do police action like um, in in that area. He's is, he is working on his own. He is not part of the justice system. I just wanted to say that.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think that a lot of people are saying that we shouldn't have this culture of vigilanteism in the United States, that it's harmful. And you can really see why when you look at this case and also triply so when you look at the Ahmed Aubrey case. Mm-hmm. If you're to go by those people's narrative, which I not necessarily saying that you should i think they're (laughs) i think that they just wanted to lynch somebody but let's say that they were really trying to defend That they were really trying to do a citizen's arrest that put them all in a situation that was really really fucking bad i think that it's usually bad when one civilian is trying to enact like their concept of the law on another civilian because neither of them probably has much um, knowledge to begin with and there's literally zero reason why one civilian to another why I should listen to anybody else about like not leaving the scene of anything or like submit myself to questioning from some random motherfuckers. That doesn't make any sense. This being right. said, I think that people are going too hard on the concept of vigilantism because it kind of veers into the arena of community self-defense again uh so the there is a movement in abolitionist circles um and in general for communities to try and handle their own situations or defend themselves from aggressors from the outside. So think your Proud Boys rolling up into Portland and they get met by counter-protesters or, say, the Black Panther Party protecting their communities or trying to essentially figure out ways in order to mediate situations without involving the police because the police are dangerous to them. These are all elements of vigilantism that I would defend to my death. Mm -hmm. I think that these are absolutely necessary, particularly in a um, white supremacist society. We can't always depend on the legal system to behave as we want it. It's often worse to bring the authorities into a situation if there is a conceivable way that it can be solved from within. And with this huge movement of people ready to... Uh, walk into different neighborhoods and shoot shit up or menace the community because they are marginalized, I think that it would be a mistake for us to support the idea that nobody is ever in the right for engaging in this type of defense or this type of action. I think that that is such a fucking huge mistake. I heard a lot of people, mostly white, talking again talking about um how vigilante is broadly bad mm-hmm. shut the fuck up you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> the fr- the self defense one was for a lot of black people cuz i saw black people mostly like you know on that tip where they were like self defense motherfucker which completely fair this one is for the is for the crackers among us shut the fuck <laughs> up you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> The most marginalized (laughs) members of the society need to be able to rely on at least some sort of framework
1: that allows us to, like, we need a culture of... Of, like, self-defense and community defense. And the next thing? Vigilantism.
0: It's really important for us to be able to defend our own communities. There are things that the law doesn't try and mediate that we should be able to mediate where possible, but that isn't always possible. So, uh, yeah, I just I really think that people need to be more measured when they speak out against the the entire concept of being a vigilante or the entire concept of trying to step outside of the law in order to mediate a situation. Uh, Do I think you should try and be G.I. fucking Joe? Absolutely the fuck not. You're not. That being said, there are situations where I would support your right to do that. And I think that we should probably protect that. So there's sense that. Makes to me. Finally, and this is for, actually, it's not finally. I have two more things that were bothering me that I want to talk about. I uh, apologize. This list is long. I've been thinking about this. I've been stewing on it. Um a lot of people immediately after the Kyle Rittenhouse trial uh, verdict came out said I'm going to go get get a gun to bring to to protest with me. And I cannot what? stress this
1: Wait, what? I have not heard this.
0: Oh, I saw a lot of people online being like, "Oh, there's no reason not to arm up now. They're going to try and kill us at these protests, so we need to answer in kind by arming oh, no. up so we can meet them." or we can meet them with the same level of force. And no, so, oh no, you're going to get shot by the police. That's one of several problems. Yeah. So, uh, do not and I cannot stress this enough, not not bring fucking guns. Two, no goddamn protests. I really sympathize with people who want to do this because the second that that verdict got passed down, protests became a lot more dangerous. If white supremacists are there, they're probably going to be open and carrying, and it's going to be really fucking scary. But, 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 the rules are different for the supporters of the police than they are for the detractors of the police. That's the, that's the reality of it. So what mm-hmm. you're looking at is you have a gun. You're facing down a Proud Boy. Let's say the guy pulls out his gun and he goes to try and shoot you and you shoot him first you're going to jail you will get shot or you'll shoot them and probably kill them and you're gonna go to jail or you're gonna get shot and then you'll be dead and uh the best case scenario here is is jail and uh, a bunch of fucking ammunition for the police and white supremacists to shit on black lives matter forever. You yep. might even kill the fucking movement. Do not do that. Every time one of us takes violent action against them, everybody sides with them. That's how it's going to be. Do not do it. You will die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's one of the that's one of the double standards that we have to live with and that we have to protest against. It's if you're protesting uh, like for Black Lives Matter or for defund the police or, or anything like that, then you are h- held to a higher standard than the people that are counter protesting or bringing guns or something like that. If someone sees someone with a Black Lives Matter sign and they're armed, then that takes away from the movement because people are jerks and they'll be like, oh, look, they're armed. They're going to kill people. You know, like that's it sucks but it's something that we all have to consider just like as black people we are we grow up thinking like especially if we live in white white dominated places that we are representatives of the of black people so when also, someone what's say
0: also conservatives have absolutely zero fucking scruples they will shit they yeah. will shit on you no matter what their guys were doing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't and matter And liberals uh, no have scruples. far more issue with people bringing open carrying to fucking protests. So their supporters will never turn their backs on on them. Your supporters are already on, on the other side of the issue. They do not want anybody to open carry. So if right. you answer them by open, opening... If you answer the other side, the fash, by open carrying... Everybody just turns on you. They have mm-hmm. nobody to root for in this situation. If it's between you and the white supremacists and the fucking um, trial of public opinion, they win because you're not going to get any defense. So that's the reality of the situation.
1: I do also want to to say to anybody that's listening that will point to the fact that the Black Panther Party were carrying around guns like, like in the 60s. They were doing that too because people were literally getting shot all the time and they were doing like the pictures that you see are them keeping voters safe because voters were getting attacked.
0: Yeah. The it's other, not the
1: same thing. I yeah, just want to make sure that that's out there.
0: The other thing is that there are armed protests where everybody is trained in gun safety and everybody has a gun in a group and they're opening carrying and it is organized And it is intentional. That is different than showing up to a situation where you're not supposed to be armed. So respect what the protest organizers, whether that's an official licensed protest or not, tell you to fucking do. If they don't have the infrastructure to have a bunch of rogue motherfuckers with guns there... Don't show up with fucking guns because you've escalated the situation. You're not just putting your life in jeopardy. You're putting the lives of everybody there in jeopardy. The entire protest. You are not going to fucking shoot the police because they try kettling you, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. You will die and you will get everybody else killed with you. So that's for one thing. Um, Number two. If you really want to try and keep people safe, the best way to do that is not with a fucking gun. I really, really, really think that you should look into becoming a street medic. Street medics yes. are the t- are the people you see walking around at protests with energy bars and water and med kits. And they genuinely save people's lives when the cops fucking let them, which is a big caveat. Um but those are the people who are the most valuable motherfuckers at a protest, next to the next to the organizers and the marshals. Those are the um, vanguard of protests, of unarmed mm-hmm. protests. You are going to do infinitely more to keep your allies safe by bringing um, medication and supplies to a protest than not. There are plenty of training exercises. I know it is easier to acquire a gun and bring it to a protest than it is to get that to um, unofficially cert or whatever and get your kit together. And it probably costs less too, but it's safer for everybody involved and you might save a life. You're not going to save any fucking lives with a gun at a protest. I'm so sorry. A good guy with a gun does not uh, beat a bad guy with a gun. And I feel like we should all know this by now.
1: (laughs) We should, when you're at a peaceful protest, you should be looking to be a shield and not a weapon. And the best way to be a shield is to be a medic like you like you said, like you're protecting people. You're not threatening harm on other people to protect someone. You are just protecting people. And that is way more important, especially at these kinds of protests.
0: Yeah, particularly since at most protests, nobody gets shot. But people do get hit, maced, rubber bullet shot. They get faint. They faint. There are all sorts of things that can happen in a protest because these are physically taxing things. Um, mm-hmm. As a street medic, you might not be stopping uh, the bleeding from like a bullet one, but you can definitely try to save somebody's life or um, at least keep them on their feet so that they can get home safe at night. So that's far more productive than bringing a gun. Please just consider it. I hope that that gives you some food for thought. Finally, on that same note, There were people with guns at the riot in Kenosha. One of them shot in the air. And that's what got Kyle to shoot the first person that he shot. Mm -hmm. While being chased, part of what got him off on court was that another person had a pistol in their hand chasing after him. For evidence of this, let's look no further than the Kyle Rittenhouse case. So why did Kyle shoot in the first place? Well, it's because, a, it's because another motherfucker at the protest took out a gun and he shot it. He didn't shoot anybody, but he discharged his firearm, which caused Kyle to turn around and fucking shoot at somebody, which then got him to run. And part of what got him let off in trial is that one of the people chasing after him was carrying a fucking pistol. So Kyle shot armed people. I'm not saying that he would have gotten incarcerated or whatever if those people were unarmed. That's unclear to me, but it didn't fucking help. And I don't think that anybody would have died if the first person who was a supporter of the riot had discharged his fucking firearm. I know that that sounds like victim blaming, but sometimes our actions lead to fucking consequences. Yeah. And that's what happened in this circumstance. So, though you might think that a gun could keep you safe, Just think about this situation and how it occurred, the circumstances that led to the death of two people and one getting grievously injured, flat out. That's all I got to say. I really think that people need to give some thought to what they say after these situations. One last point, and then I'm done. I promise. I know this is long. I know that I'm angry. I saw a lot of people on Twitter being really fucking smug about the verdict, because a lot of lefties said, oh, of course he's going to get off. He was self doing a self-defense. And a lot of those same people agree with me on some, if not everything that I said during this podcast episode. But they said it in the most condescending and least understanding way possible. They extended zero sympathies to the people who were feeling really hurt and scared in the aftermath. And I hope that I didn't resemble those people in this episode because I'm really sympathetic to all of those feelings. I had them myself. I worked through them, but I do understand where they come from. But I really feel It really fucking bothers me. It activates my fucking almonds when leftists are on Twitter (laughs) being shittier to black people who are feeling scared because white supremacists are talking about being armed and dangerous than they are to literal white supremacists or reformed white supremacists or white supremacists in the moment who are a little bit fucking confused about what white supremacy is about. That really fucking bothers me. Try to extend some humanity to the groups of people who are the most marginalized by the society that we live in, rather than perpetually offering the highest level of grace to the people who had every opportunity not to be fucking bigots, but chose to be rather than the people who have zero choice to live in a society that is incredibly hostile towards them. It is an incredibly ugly look and you look bad when you do it. So that is my last point. Um, Don't be dicks. Don't, don't, be dicks to the people who are feeling the worst coming out of a situation try to be a fucking human Jesus that's the entire episode <laughs> hi I don't have anything clever to say you should just give us money because this is an incredibly tedious topic and we're trying to do our best through it um, yeah so John tell them the links to give us money <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, if you would like to contribute to the show, if you would like to support the show, it would be really great. Um, you can either go to coffee, that is ko-fi.com slash say this cast uh to give like a one-time thing to us, um, or you can go to Patreon patreon.com slash cast. there we have a bunch of different levels Uh, $1, $5, $10 if you want to go big then you can do $20 but um, at $5 you're able to listen to the episode early and at $10 you'll be able to listen to the episode early and get access to special uh, mini episodes that we put out we actually just recorded a couple today so you'll be seeing those on the feed soon so uh, if you contribute $10 a month and you'll be able to listen to all of those, uh, and we really want to thank you if you're if you're contributing, if you're helping us out. It's really great. It helps us improve the show, uh, get us new technology and and new programs to make everything sound better. Uh, so thank you so much. This topic was very hard and uh, uh, ugh ugh, but. To combat that ugh feeling, we have good things to talk about. So, Nicole, what is non ugh for you? Uh,
0: I don't know if I would call it not ugh because it's pretty heavy. But I uh just played Impath, the game, also okay. known as Life is Strange: True Colors.
1: Oh, um, oh, oh, goodness!
0: And I really enjoyed it. It was very cute. It's very short for um for 60 fucking dollars but um if you want a really good uh emotional quirky like really fun game narrative game i should say um Mm. i think that life is strange is a really good option um the fact that you can be uh, a a straighty mixed traders in the fact that okay okay what i'm not going to talk about the gameplay i'm just going to talk about my one pet peeve so okay I want you all to just Google Life is Strange True Colors. I will wait. Pause the podcast.
1: <laughs> Find the main character. If you're, li- if you're listening in the car, pull over. Look
0: <laughs> into her eyes and tell me that this is anything other than a lesbian. I will wait.
1: <laughs> Give me a second. I'm going to look it up right now. Life is Strange True Colors.
0: Yes. She's canonically the, bi, but she gives such incredible sapphic vibes that it genuinely offends me that she's not just a homo. Huh. huh. Alex Shen.
1: You know, I can kind of see it.
0: Yeah, I I do not
1: <laughs>
0: Can you imagine this person with 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 a cis man? <laughs>
1: like can see, you see I can, can you I me? like I can see her as by like, like in a 90, 10, 90, 90, 10 kind of way. Like there's a very specific kind of guy that she would, that she would go for. But for the most part is girls, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I can see her as a romantic interest only in, in, like, the sapphics and, like, (laughs) would would get down and dirty with a dude. But, like, it's definitely not there for a relationship. But you could totally have, like, an emotional relationship with, like, a literal fucking park ranger lumberjack dude, which kind of disturbs me. Like, that was very disturbing being... I was jarred. Um, Luckily, there is a little, like, lesbian in the game that you can give with it's fine but I know. just I, mean, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so I like that game that was a weird bit uh, but I, I stuck it through it was fun it was cute uh, by cute oh, yes. I mean kind of traumatic um, <laughs> tre- tread lightly
1: it's life is strange <laughs> it is it is a lot it is a lot if you play this game but it's it's award winning so be re-
0: careful like <laughs> be careful friends Yeah. be careful friends it's very good it's also very short but like literally every single component of the game felt like it had a ton of effort into it it won't feel like it's worth $60 to you playing it Um, how many hours is it? I beat it in like 9.
1: Jesus that is fast
0: Uh, yeah it's too fast really um i'm there's like one extra chapter that i'm gonna complete and then maybe i'll like fuck around with some uh some of the other story beats Mm -hmm. because i i didn't do everything i did like near all of it um but i didn't (laughs) do 100 of it so that's short um but The animation is fucking immaculate. Um, The areas that you can go in are very much given a high level of attention. Uh, They have a lot of Fully licensed music, like a shit ton of Radiohead, nice. which costs money. <laughs> that costs money. The amount of fucking licensed music they had, I'm like, God, how much did you spend on that shit? Um, yeah, was it everybody. necessary? I don't know. It it was fine. Also, it made me very nostalgic for um, Colorado, a place that I spent a lot of time as a child. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. If you have nostalgia for small mountain towns, that's very specific perfect game for you (laughs)
1: this game was built for you basically
0: huh yeah it felt i felt attacked i um yesterday (laughs) on twitter i did say um my taste in video games is i just want to see some gays do some stuff and this is very much that
1: (laughs) that's excellent
0: that's making you happy
1: (laughs) uh as we're recording this it is november 27th uh it is a couple days after thanksgiving uh which means it is christmas music season and i look forward to this month every year because uh i was i was actually raised baha'i so uh there's a lot going on there but the one of the main things was that baha'is don't celebrate holiday like a holiday during the winter season it's um the more like giving stuff is in like february so throughout my childhood i didn't have a connection with christmas or hanukkah or or anything like that it was it was kind of a thing where everybody else had this cool thing that they were doing and it made everybody happy and i was just sitting here like what here's a sad story me and my sister some, sometimes would stay up on on uh on christmas eve and look for santa flying over our house um <laughs> you thought he didn't choose you what
0: you thought he didn't choose you like he chose not to come to your house
1: yeah oh no <laughs> <laughs> why would he come to our house we weren't we weren't selling celebrating christmas but the the thing that i had that i could really connect with was christmas music and christmas uh specials like on tv and the thing i really love about christmas music and it's pretty much any holiday music is that people put so much effort into it like going back centuries you can like if you listen to like real classic, like, um, you know, like Deck the Halls or "or uh, Silent Night or something like that, people loved Jesus. They loved them some Jesus. And they put so much emotion and happiness into all the chords, all the all the lyrics, everything. It's just the like Christmas music, even like up to like All I Want for Christmas is You, like Mariah Carey. Like there's a reason why all this music is so wonderful it's not just because it's attached to this season it's because it's joyous and it's happy and it's there's it, there's so much to offer in this music and i obviously like i'm a music hella nerd so i listen to this stuff all the time so during december i'm able to just dive in to uh christmas music holiday music um i force my uh my group to go out caroling for to uh, uh and we get donations for a local food bank and one of the reasons that I really love being in a acapella group is because we can do caroling like carols I love it so it's really I'm really happy that it's this time of year I was I'm able to listen to everything and I'll go into something else that I do in the, in the ending, which is now. So thanks everybody for listening to, I should have to say this. Um, we put our episode out, we put our episodes out, uh, twice a week or twice a week. Hell no. Every two weeks. Uh, if you go to say you can listen to our past episodes uh, and there are links to listen to us on uh, podcasts and on YouTube and all of that stuff. Um, Nicole, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Jack
0: of Three Trades. That's the reason number.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at Press Start Lock. And through the month of December, starting on December 1st and going up till Christmas, I do something every year called Press Start X-mas. So if you follow the hashtag Press Start X-mas, which is uh, basically I post every day, I post. Uh, some nerdcore or some video game remixes that have to do with winter, with the holidays, with Christmas, with, that, with whatever. Um, it is one of my favorite activities, and it leads up to uh, press start to continue my video game music show. I have a holiday special every year, so I'm really excited about that. I get to play a bunch of um, holiday the- like uh, video game music uh, nerdcore and everything, and like I said, holiday music is just so wonderful, and it's so much, it's so wonderful to share with people. So, press start Xmas, hashtag press start Xmas on Twitter, and you can see the the songs I posted in the past as well. Um, all, speaking of video game music, the music on the show is by mustin and the one-ups you were listening to katamari tino by the one-ups and if you uh, go to store.mustinenterprises.com that's m-u-s-t-i-n you'll be able to purchase that and a lot more uh, i should have to say this is a member of the planetside podcast network if you want to learn more go to planetsidepodcasts.com All right. All right. Holiday music. Yeah. I was just listening to uh you ever work, Emmett Autumn holiday retail. Say what? Have you ever worked holiday retail? I worked holiday uh hotels. Do
0: they have the holiday fucking music on loop thing?
1: Sometimes yes. Okay.
0: Um <laughs> that really sucked the last bit of enthusiasm for holiday um music out of me personally. But I'm happy Oh, I'm for sure. You yeah Uh, like all i like by the end of that i was like all i want for christmas is the sweet embrace of death
1: (laughs) do you do you celebrate christmas i do if you didn't have that then it would be it like for like that's one of the reasons why it it doesn't suck my soul out but like hearing christmas music constant i like i used to drive cab and i would have the radio on it would just be constant christmas music but this is the, it's basically the major connection I have to the holiday season. There's no like family gatherings. There's no presents, There's no like, um, events or anything like that. It's just the music. So yeah. it's this, it was like this secret code that everybody had that I couldn't crack except for this one thing. So that's why it's so important to me.
0: That's a beautiful sentiment. I yeah. also think that some people vibe with it more than me. I just be all yeah. I want for Christmas in you. <laughs> uh, I just, I fucking, oh my God. Ah!
1: <laughs> just uh, instead of that, listen listen uh, to um, uh, One More Sleep Till Christmas.
0: No, anyways, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs>